This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. This is Media Week at OzPod. We've got another guest today. It's an international guest who's uh, come to OzPod today, all the way from New Zealand, Martin Van Bayen. Welcome. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Now, you, you're here because you're sort of talking about a podcast you've done called Black Hands. Yes, I'm uh, on a panel, so I, sp- I, su- I suppose okay. I will be talking about it. Yes. We're talking about uh, the ethics of true crime podcasts. Yep, yep, okay. Now, tell us a little bit about, now, it's the Bain family murders. I'm gathering this is quite a special, notorious case in New Zealand, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's a very uh, notorious case. It's It's... New Zealand's equivalent to the O.J. Simpson case. Wow. So it's one of those very uh, polarising cases where everyone seems to have a view one way or the other. And uh, it uh, encompasses all sorts of issues, um, including the, you know, the jury system and the justice system and whether people should get compensation and all sorts of interesting uh, things have cropped up out of it. But really it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, started with a murder, with the shooting of a... Of a uh, five members of the Bain family in Dunedin in 1994, and they were all found in, in their home, uh, shot in the head. Some had more shots than others, and eventually the police charged the only survivor of the family, who was the oldest son, uh, David Bain, who was 22 at the time. And he um, he faced trial in 1995, that's a year after the, the murders, and was and was convicted and sent to jail for about 16 years. Now, there was a real campaign afterwards to uh, get him released and have a new trial. This went on for a long time, and in 2007, the Privy Council quashed the convictions, and a new trial was held in 2009, and he was acquitted. And then the next um, chapter in the saga was that um, after his acquittal he then applied for compensation from the government and that's only just been decided with uh, the government saying uh, no, you haven't proved your innocence beyond uh, on the balance of probabilities. Sorry to go on for so that's long. That's alright, no, it's fascinating, yeah. So was this, so was it sort of an unsolved crime then? It, yes it is because, um, well, well, when I say that, I guess the jury is, the, the, people are still unsure of who actually killed the family. Many people, many people still believe uh, that David Bain, who was the, the, um, the son who was acquitted right. in the second trial, um, was the perpetrator. Yeah. But if he didn't do it, it had to be his father. It, it could only be one or the other. And his father was oh, really? found in the house with the rifle next to him. So, and so it looked like a, a, a murder-suicide. Right. So it was either a murder-suicide, or it was um, a shooting, a shooting by by David Bain. Yeah. So no other suspects, really. No. But, no. No. There were absolutely no other suspects. It was either the father or the son. Okay. And your connection with this case? Did you report on it? Uh, well, I, I started. I had a very loose connection initially. But, uh, so I tell us what you do then. What? Well, I'm an investigative journalist and, yep. I, I, and a feature writer and, a, and a, um, a reporter, so really a bit of a dog's body. And I've been working uh, for the press for nearly, yeah, for over 26 years now. And I guess because I, I've got a legal background, I used to do a lot of court reporting and I have a law degree. I was given this case because it was difficult and um, it, it was thought that I some of my legal training might be helpful. So 
I, I suppose I started doing a little bit of work on it in the, in the late 90s when some of the books started coming out about it. And then, um, and then I covered the second trial. And I left the second trial thinking, you know, there, there's, there's got to be a really good book in, in this. And um, so I did write the book eventually, and then the book has been turned into the podcast. Okay. Did the book do well? The book has never been published. Oh, really? No, the publisher pulled out because oh, no. of the legal risks. Uh-huh. But having said that, um, I'm still hoping to rewrite it uh, and, and make it better and make it uh, and, and still get it published. All right. Have you got a relationship with the son? Do you? No, I've got no relationship with the son at all. Uh, he generally speaks through a an advocate and publicist who has been a very vehement and loyal and dogged um, supporter. Uh, also, a very clever one too. He and who has done all the um, all the advocacy, all the all the uh, media stuff, and has also written the books and become quite a famous person as a result. Yeah. He's well known. It's, it's, he's interesting because he was an All Black. Okay. He's a former All Black. Okay. So he was already well known before he became involved in this case. But he, uh, David Bain, the the initial the person initially conv- uh, convicted, um, he has kept, but essentially he's kept the media silence unless it's in a very controlled situation. Yeah. But I've never interviewed him. And we were quite keen to have him on the podcast um, after we'd finished, but he, um, we haven't heard from him from him at all. Will they do stuff for financial inducements? You know, do they do they do commercial interviews? No. Like, well, no. we don't. We that don't do really. That. We don't. No, no. Like, I, I, I know, but I'm wondering with of other people if he's done, you know, TV I, I interviews know. or anything. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Don't, we, we don't. We don't tend to pay. Money and doesn't happen a lot in New in Zealand. New, not in New Zealand, no. No, 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 no. Fascinating stuff. Have there been other books on the case? Yes, there was one other book by a very famous New Zealand author who covered the first trial. He was a guy. He was a, a guy called uh, James McNeish, who's written many, many books, um, and he just died recently. But he wrote one book, which which was a very good book, very very interesting book. So there have been. I mean, the, the field has been well covered, except. It's uh, in the last decade. It's really been from one side only, and that's been the side that believes David Bain was innocent and wrongly convicted. Okay. Do you sort of occupy the middle ground, or, or uh, look? You'd you have to listen to the podcast too. I don't want to take. <laughs> okay, to, to but take you, out will the you get a flavour of what you, you will think certainly happened? get? You will certainly get a very strong flavour of what I believe. Uh, at the end of the podcast series, so there are ten, there are ten episodes. At the end, you'll hear, um, and I think, and I, I don't want to be immodest about this, but I think I solved it. I think I solved the crime. Oh, really? Mm. Wow. They, uh, how long's the podcast been out? The podcast has been out for about a month, uh, maybe a month, maybe maybe five six weeks. It's quite and new there. It's quite new, but it's already had it's had nearly three million downloads. Oh, my lord. And it's um, and I'm skiting now. I know, but uh, <laughs> so you should though. Uh, it's been number one in Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, and the UK. Um, you know, for, for for a couple of days at least. So, yeah, it's done. It's done far better than we ever thought it would. 
could it have legal ramifications? What well, you on we, earth we, do you think? We, we um, have obviously taken very... Um, I meant for the case, not, not oh, you personally. No, no, no. Or is that all and that's... No, the... the, the that the, door's closed. And that door is closed. Um, that's right. He, yeah, there's no... We, there won't be another trial or there won't be... Um, uh, a, a conviction vacated or anything like that. No, the, the saga had finished, even to the point where the decision about the compensation had been made. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the podcast then. Do you, do you speak to many people? Well, I did. Uh, a lot of them didn't want to be recorded or named, but I did, 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 get, a lot of, um, I did get a lot of interviews, which I used in the podcast. But what I was very lucky about was um, the, the, the second trial was recorded and through an official information request, I got all the audio from the second trial. So there were over 120 witnesses that gave evidence in the second trial. So I was able to use a lot of that audio. Um, and, and thankfully, a lot of it was well recorded. You know, it was good audio. And we had some lovely voices so that was really useful, and it meant that we had that all that was privileged. In other words, it, it, there was no um, no risk of def, not, no risk of any defamation proceedings coming out of it. Also, we had some audio from um, an interview David did with the judge who was who who had been asked to um, make a recommendation on the compensation. So that was a day long day long audio. And I also got that through an official information request. So that was also really useful because I knew David wouldn't engage with us. So we had his voice. Um, we had his voice on the podcast. Right. It was really useful, yeah. Yeah. What's it done for the press? Has it, this opened up new avenues for them to yes. engage with their audience and stuff Yes. Like that? Well, the press, it's, it's more what it's done for stuff, I think. Okay. It, it's, I think it's had two effects. One is that... Um, now let's explain. So stuff. So used stuff to be is called our, Fairfax New Zealand. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Now the whole company is called Stuff, but Stuff is also a web portal. That's right. Yes, yep. Stuff is our news website. Yep. So one of the one of the one of the most um, popular in New Zealand. Yeah, it's virtually the biggest website. It in is. New Zealand, yep. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. But essentially, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, so what what it's done is that it's it's opened well it's created a whole lot of enthusiasm for the medium of podcasting so we are now we've now embarked on, a, on an exercise where people have been asked to pitch um, podcast ideas that they really want to do and we've had a lot of lot of interest interest in that so the organization is really committed now to doing a number of them I'm not sure just how it's going to select them but that will be done um, advertisers are also suddenly really interested in it, interested in the medium particularly particularly um, due to the success of Black Hands. And thirdly, uh, even though we don't expect to make a lot of money out of uh, podcasts, not, not initially anyway, it, the Black Hands means that we, uh, we, we won't have to spend as much on the next one because we'll have sponsorship or advertising. Yeah. So it's, it'll, it'll save us a lot of money in the long run. And this was your first podcast? Well, yes, my first podcast. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'm, a, I'm basically a, a print man. Yeah. And have yeah. been all my life. Did, did you have a producer or somebody working with you, or, or did you uh, sort of self-teach yourself along the way? Or? 
I mean, it's pretty simple, isn't it? You just need a recorder and away you go. But, yeah, yeah. But it's little... you've, you've got it, James. Yeah, <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, but that's one of the pleasures of it, the, the medium, isn't it? You, yes. You can get away with just a little handheld recorder that's no, half no, reasonable. No, no, we, we did actually have a professional recording studio involved. Okay. So they did it virtually for nothing. So they, they're a, um, a professional production outfit called Tandem Studios, and they did a lovely job of mixing it, putting in the music, um, recording it really well, and putting the whole package together. But uh, in, in terms of putting it together, uh, with a bit of guidance here and there, it was re- essentially it was um, uh, was me really. Yeah. <laughs> it was my work. Right. Yeah. Have you started another one? Would you like to do another one? Well, what's next? I would like to do another one. But knowing how labour-intensive they are, and this is not my day job, remember, I'm a, I'm a reporter, but I'm just a, you know, in the newsroom with um, still at the coalface, so to speak. Um, I, I, I am a little hesitant about committing to another one, but there are several more on the, on the table, and I'd, you know, I'd love to do another one with the proviso that, uh, um, you know, I'd like to have just a bit more time. Sure. How's the press going? I mean, we hear about, you know, we know well in Australia that Travail's Fairfax in particular has been going through. You know, they've still got a successful business, but it's downsized. It's a lot smaller than it used to be, but they seem to be finding a way forward. Is it a similar story in New Zealand? Yes. Well, I like to think New Zealand's leading the way in the Fairfax stable, the, um, I mean, the press is a, is a strong provincial newspaper in a very successful area, so we're doing okay. And we've got a traditionally a very strong audience, and our advertising has held up probably better than a lot of other newspapers around the place. So we're doing okay. We also have a website, and um, that's very successful as well. And then we've got stuff, the stuff website on top of that. Um, so we've had to cut costs. We've had to prioritise resources. We've had to look very hard at just you know what what we are as an organisation. But um, who knows? It's not easy, but but we're we're certainly making the best of it. Yeah, I know. We've I've spoke to a guy called Dan Box, who's a reporter on the Australian. He did the Bowerville podcast, which was a a murder investigation here, and he's just done one with which was also video called um, Zach Grieve, uh, the Queen and Zach Grieve, an investigation into another murder here. He's done great things for the Australian. He's won a couple of awards and that. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting area, isn't it? That does, yeah. It does seem yeah. to be people are fascinated by sort of uh, crime stories, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, I'm interested to hear you say that uh, about the Australian because uh, one, of, one of the good things about Black, Black Hands is that people have suddenly realised that well, we... That stuff does this, and they, and if they want to, and they might like to work for an organisation that does this, but um, but the, the fascination with true crime is seems to be insatiable, um, right through the world, really. Yeah, I, I spoke to him um, a little bit about the difference of being a sort of a print reporter as to turning up with a, a recorder and saying, "Look, is it getting permission to use it?" It's it puts you in a different uh, different area, doesn't it? It, it's definitely more difficult, but these days, e- even as a print reporter, uh, we're doing lots of videos, and um, so we're becoming very used to 
approaching people now and expecting them to or hoping that they will do a video interview so it's not so it's not as foreign as you might think so yeah, and I guess the, the whole mobile phone thing I mean everybody's got a phone and they're recording and videoing all the time aren't they maybe without thinking too much about it yeah yes that's right that's right but it's still it's still quite a like people are still very concerned about where it's going to end up who's you know who's going to see it um, will it affect their jobs if they speak out all those things all those things that are when you put someone on camera their comments are going to be heightened and there are obviously concerns with that um but that's the chain. That's that's the name of the game. I mean, when I started, it was it just seemed so simple. It seemed like such a simple job, but uh, now, now everything's everything is um, you know has just you know they expect a video, and um, which you know so it's just a lot more, lot more things to think about. Sure, absolutely. Look, it's great getting you here today. Good to see you here in Sydney. Um, we'll definitely search that out and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will too just just tell us a little bit about the area you come from in New Zealand I come from well actually I was brought up in Auckland but where I work is Christchurch which has had which has been in the news quite a bit uh, over the last few years we've had uh, a huge earthquake there which killed um, 185 people and so I did a lot of reporting around that were you at work that day I was at work that day yes mm. uh, we lost uh, our, the top floor of our building collapsed and so we lost somebody there, and somebody lost their legs. Um, and then, just recently, we've had another big earthquake just up the coast, uh, and also we've had a, a, some, mass, some massive bushfires up in the hills. So it's a really interesting area, but but it is it is really thriving, uh, mainly because of the rebuild after the earthquakes. So there's a huge amount of activities, a lot of um, immigrants in the city doing working on the rebuild. And essentially, Christchurch is a, uh, a, 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 a the main sort of hub for the Canterbury Plains, which is a huge, huge productive um, farming area. But also, it's also there's also lots of um, high tech industries in, in, in Christchurch, and uh, it's the it's also a, you know, the it's also the major hospital for the South Island. It's got all the prisons. <laughs> uh, it's got so a very good. It's got a very good university. So it re- really, it's got everything. It, it's, it's, it's a great. It's a great place, and it will be. It will be a lot better in, in five years' time when the rebuild's finished. Um, it'll be a fantastic city to live in. It really will be. Yeah, I think the editor at the time, Andrew Holden, he was an Australian. Partner. Yes. Yeah, we've had him on a podcast before here. Oh, okay. And he's, he's. I've seen him in a conference. I thought it was in Thailand once at a at a sort of newspaper conference, and he had a presentation oh, okay. about uh, what happened and how they worked their way through it. And uh, it's amazing um, little package he, he put together about it all. Told, told over. Quite a motivating story about you know. yeah, it's a real, it was a real test of the newspaper, and one of the things that we were very proud of was the fact that we, uh, the day after, we, we, we produced the newspaper just as we always did the next day. So it, it, it's it slapped on people's driveways despite the fact that they might have been broken and street oh. roads were broken and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, fascinating stuff. All right, Martin, look, um, great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, James.